Welcome to the Ashley and Jessicast. I started this podcast because of my love for Jessica and Ashley Simpson, but due to the support of my amazing listeners, I have been able to expand to other topics as well to feed my pop culture obsession and yours. Join me as we time travel through some of the most interesting figures in music, movies, TV, and beyond. I'm your host, Leah Russo. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the final chapter of my Lindsay Lohan series. This is part 17, The Lohanaissance. I cannot believe it. This series started almost exactly a year ago. I had no idea it would last a full year. I had no idea it would be 17 parts. But I wanted to go into a lot of detail on this series and I really wanted to honor Lindsay as a performer, as a businesswoman, as a human being. I think I got into a lot of the positive here. I tried to make it overwhelmingly positive. I tried to be understanding and empathetic toward all of her bad times, and I tried to celebrate all of her good times as best I could. I hope you guys see this as a love letter to Lindsay and her career. I'm so proud of it. I'm so, so happy and grateful that I got to do this series, and I cannot believe it. I can't believe we're at the final chapter. So today we're going to talk about all of Lindsay's most recent projects, including Sick Note, The Masked Singer, Falling for Christmas, and Irish Wish, which is upcoming as of right now. We also will have to talk about the little sprinkling of music that has come out from her the past few years. So that's Xanax and Lullaby and Back to Me and of course Jingle Bell Rock. We're also going to talk about her super private kind of secret marriage and wedding to Bader Shamas and reveal the very few details that I know about him and kind of happy that I don't know that much because Lindsay deserves that especially at this point in her life and then we're also going to talk about what the future holds for Lindsay and what may happen next I can't wait for you guys to hear this last episode I think it's my most energetic, happy episode just because I was so thrilled to be out of the woods of some of the more negative things that have gone on in Lindsay's life. And I'm so happy to be back in these positive times of the Lohanazan. So I hope you enjoy the positivity and the happiness. And again, just thank you so much for listening. I have to give a special shout out to my Patreon subscribers. I have more than ever right now, which is amazing thank you guys so much to everybody who subscribed old and new there is a new Lindsay bonus episode up by the time this hits the public feed so make sure that you get on there and check that out I'm gonna continue doing Lindsay bonus episodes on there not only Lindsay bonus episodes it's gonna be Jessica Ashley and a whole bunch of other things and ideas that I have of what I'm doing on the Patreon but if you're sad this is the last installment, if 17 parts isn't enough for you, girl, I got you. Don't worry about it. It's not enough for me either. I need more Lindsay. So again, special thank you to my Patreon subscribers. If you want to join us on there, it's patreon.com slash Ashley and Jessicast. Let's just get into it now because we have a whole series behind us and we got to finally get 
to the conclusion. So, ladies and gentlemen, I present the Lohanasans. Let's start by talking about Lindsay's last major role before the Lohanasans in 2022, which honestly, I feel like this role didn't get as much attention as it should have. Maybe because it's a show out of the UK and... I guess with show business, especially when it's an American celebrity like Lindsay, people want some big American movie or something that she's starring in to have a proper comeback. But this show aired from November 7th, 2017 to August 16th, 2018 in the UK. And it was also released on Netflix, which is where I watched it. And technically, I probably should have talked about it in the last episode because of when it aired. But... I needed time to watch all the episodes because it's only two seasons and I just wanted to see what the show is all about. Now, it stars Rupert Grant in the main role and you guys know I'm a Harry Potter head, Ravenclaw. Anytime I see somebody from any of the Harry Potter movies, I'm so much more comfortable. Like, they're my comfort people. I grew up with them and anytime I see any of them in anything, I'm like, oh, I'm down for this. It doesn't even matter if it's good or not. But this show is actually good. Is it a must-see uh, I wouldn't say it's a must-see, but it definitely has that dry British humor, and this is a dark comedy, so there's a lot of themes in it that, you know, some people may not find funny, but I definitely do. There are some episodes where I, I literally laughed out loud and other episodes where I didn't laugh at all, so it's not always consistent in terms of quality, but... I'm really happy that Lindsay did a show like this because it definitely had a different tone from anything else that she's ever done. So Rupert Grant plays Daniel and he's kind of a lazy, just like regular guy, you know, just nothing super special about <laughs> this person. He's just kind of average underachiever. Things aren't going well at work. Things aren't going well with his girlfriend, et cetera, et cetera. And then he finds out that he has cancer. And he starts telling everybody and he realizes, wow, everybody's treating me so much better because they feel bad for me because I have cancer and my life is actually improving. And then he finds out from his doctor that his doctor was actually wrong and he doesn't have cancer after all. But because everything in his life improved so much upon this fake diagnosis, he just conveniently leaves out of the conversation that he actually is not dying. And so he just keeps up this lie. That's why it's called sick note. I just think it's a funny name sick note like he's you know he has a doctor's note for everything he does in life and Don Johnson in a very interesting also kind of like a comeback performance for him I mean Don Johnson was huge in the 80s for those of you guys that might be younger I think he has a great role in this as well so he plays this crazy domineering boss of Daniels and that's in season one. Lindsay actually plays Don Johnson's daughter and she comes to take over for him at the company in season two. Lindsay's first line involves the C word. She's a very blunt, intense, kind of crazy boss at the company. And the thing I love about her character is like, I love non sequiturs and her character is like obsessed with gorillas. Like her character like raises gorillas or like she has like a baby gorilla or something. I can't remember exactly what it is, but she just finds a way to like bring up the gorillas in everyday conversation when it has nothing to do with gorillas at all. And every single time she does it, it just kills me. I don't know, like I just think that's such a funny running gag and Lindsay delivers those lines perfectly. I have to get back to my family in Nigeria. Oh, uh, I didn't realize you had family. Oh, okay. Uh, are you breastfeeding that monkey? It's an orphan gorilla. Yes, yeah, cool. Why does that bother you? 
No, it's just... Mother's milk. Huh. How do you produce the milk? Hormone injections. But they do give me vivid night terrors. I love seeing her in a comedy, which is her roots, obviously. I mean, her biggest movies are Parent Trap, Mean Girls, Freaky Friday. And the difference is this is a comedy, but it's a dark comedy. So it's the same as what she's done in the past while also being different. So I thought it was such a great move for her. And let's check out what some people were saying about it. So Bustle reviewed Lindsay's role on the show. As I said, she comes in in season two after she replaces Don Johnson. So her character is named Katarina and it says, Katarina quickly proves herself to be just as unpredictable as her father, albeit with a very different energy. A gorilla-loving energy, if you will. While Sick Note's humor is similar to the kind featured in Lohan's most well-known films like Mean Girls and Freaky Friday, there's an interesting distinction between Katarina and the character she played in her early career. Sick Note uses Lohan as a supporting role, which allows her to stretch different comedic muscles than she has when she's been the star. Instead of just reacting to strange and absurd things happening around her, Sick Note gives Lohan the opportunity to be absurd, from suddenly launching into impressions of her father to explaining to her co-workers that she does in fact breastfeed monkeys. <laughs> it's everything, you guys. It's great. What have I been saying on this series all along? As much as I'm so excited that she's starring in movies again, I think that Lindsay should be in more ensemble films. Like, I think she does so well when she's one of an ensemble cast. Like, she is a great supporting character. It just, you know, she's such a damn star that they just can't stop putting her in the starring role you know which is a good problem to have but anyways let's continue so they wrote while Lindsay may be more infamous than famous in some ways her performance in sick note serves as a welcome reminder why audiences fell in love with her in the first place she's really funny sick note may not end up being a major blockbuster series that will have everyone talking but it could Mark the beginning of a Lohanaissance that sees the actress returning to the type of roles that brought her initial success and Katarina West is a perfect start for a new phase in Lohan's career. So remember when I said that I wanted to read more reviews just from average everyday people as opposed to critics? This had a lot of mixed reviews both with critics and just your average person, but they did skew more on the good side of things. So Elmo's Lively wrote, this is a hilarious, very black British comedy full of delightful performances. It's cool to see Rupert Grant not wearing a wizard's robe and Lindsay Lohan not high. I had plenty of fun watching this. So the reason why I read this is because I still need you guys to understand that even in 2018, 2019, like Lindsay was still being disrespected left and right. It was like everything she did, people would post about it or talk about it kind of with a snicker like oh yeah Lindsay Lohan we'll see if she even shows up so she was still really trying to prove herself all over again as a functional adult who's in a new phase of her life where she's kind of grown out of the behavior that made her so infamous and she wants to get back to the good behavior that made her famous in the first place so this bustle review is really positive and I like that but a lot of the reviews are like yeah Lindsay Lohan is good in this but you know we'll just see it's kind of like they're had to be an asterisk with every positive thing that gets said about her. So IMDb user Bailey Turner wrote, honestly, really happy that I came across this show. It's so funny and put together so well. First few eps, I was on the edge, but honestly, once you get to the end of season two, you are begging for more. Was shocked to see Lindsay Lohan in a role that isn't completely awful. She has done a great job. Really happy with everyone involved. All the actors in the show are great. Everyone should give it a shot. So like I said, again, you see this trend with the reviews is like people are like, wow, Lindsay Lohan was really great. Surprisingly. I'm like, did you guys forget? 
forget her talent. Like she literally had such a natural talent right off the bat with Parent Trap. Like that doesn't just disappear, especially when you prove yourself over and over again. I do think there's some one hit wonders, so to speak, in show business, people that had one really big movie or really big role and couldn't sustain it. But Lindsay isn't one of those people. She had hit after hit after hit before she started going to rehab and, and spending time in jail and all those things. So I'm not sure why people were so skeptical still at this point. It's like, let's move on. But Lindsay really had a lot to fight against. And I think that Sick Note was one of the first steps back into to the public favor and like I said this aired her season aired in, in 2018 so we had this in 2018 we had Lohan Beach Club in 2019 which again I, I said in the last episode I don't like the show I wasn't a fan of that show but it did show Lindsay being a successful club owner shifting the narrative over into look at me I've changed my life the Lindsay that you remember from the tabloids is not me anymore and shouldn't everybody have the space to grow up and change like that it's crazy because she shouldn't really have to prove anything to anybody but when you have a public life and you lose public favor you have to work to get it back so Lindsay made a move in late 2019 that was so out of the blue in my opinion I was very surprised when I heard that she was going to be a judge on the masked singer Australia now I don't want to offend anyone but I do not get The Masked Singer. I do not get the hype. My favorite band, Hanson, was on The Masked Singer a couple years ago. I didn't realize how popular it was until people from high school that I haven't talked to in like over a decade are texting me saying, hey, I, I think that The Masked Singer, I think it's Hanson. Don't, don't tell me, but I think it's Hanson. Do you think they would ever do it? Can you give me a hint? And I'm like, what? Because I don't understand the mystery because if you've ever heard this band, like as soon as I heard point zero point one seconds, I knew that that was Taylor Hansen singing. And I guess there are some people that like haven't kept up with Hansen, so maybe they wouldn't know. But like anyone who's a fan of that singer is gonna automatically know. Like I don't get it. Like Nick Lachey won that season, and I'm like, well. I would know Nick Lachey's voice even if I had a lobotomy. Like, why is it a mystery? And it's just so funny because Jenny McCarthy is one of the hosts of the American version of The Masked Singer. And I know that she knew that that was Hanson because she had Hanson on her show back in the day when she had the TV show, The Jenny McCarthy Show. They were famous, like super famous at the same time when she was on MTV all the time and so was Hanson. And then on her radio show, Hanson has been on multiple times and they've done performances and she's a fan of them. Like she always, like she really knows them. She's not just like a host that hears them once in a while. Like she knows them. So I know that it's fake and it's just so stupid. Again, no offense if you enjoy this show. I know a lot of people love it, so I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I just, I don't get it. Like I know sometimes they have people who aren't singers on and that to me I get the challenge more like I heard that Rudy Giuliani was a contestant which like okay so I guess like you wouldn't necessarily recognize his singing voice although he does have a very distinct speaking voice so maybe I would recognize his voice but I don't know like I I think it makes more sense when it's somebody that doesn't already sing but when you have people like Nick Lachey that are known for singing on this mystery show I'm like there's no mystery. Like, how are people not getting this? I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm obsessed with pop culture. So I recognize like all these voices very easily. But I just can't believe this is a real show. I can't believe the budget that goes into it. I just think it's like the biggest waste of time. But anyway, Lindsay decided to host the show in Australia, which is like why. Apparently, 
she was having a hard time because she doesn't know that much about Australian pop culture. So like she definitely had no clue who these people were. I mean, it wasn't just Australian people, but I guess it was like mostly Australian people. And there was a lot of reports that she was just having trouble integrating into like Australian culture, I guess. And like maybe she didn't really want to be there. But her looks on the show were amazing. So that's one thing that I actually like about all these shows that have celebrity judges is that the judges use it as like the chance to get hella, hella glam. Like I always love seeing Gwen Stefani's outfits on The Voice and Christina Aguilera when she was doing it as well. Like Mel B, like they always get so glam. They have the most fabulous outfits and it's just fun to watch. Now, this is the only show, it's the only project that Lindsay has been a part of that I did not watch for this podcast because I'm telling you guys I just I can't watch The Masked Singer I think it is so dumb I'm so sorry like I just can't I don't get it I just don't get it so I did watch a couple of clips but like I cannot watch this season I there's no way I can watch all season of it there's not even for Lindsay so I checked out some clips and my favorite outfit that she wore my favorite look is when she had her hair up in like a super high pony with you know extra extensions and stuff to make it like a really big beautiful high like sporty spice pony and she's wearing this dress by the brand Zhivago I believe it is it's like a pink like a very pale pink embellished low-cut dress and she just looked fabulous like she just looks so gorgeous every episode I was loving the looks so Lindsay only lasted one season on the masked singer she was allegedly fired but I don't think it was like she's fired it's not like they fired her in the middle of the season or something like they just didn't ask her to come back for season two and honestly like doing the masked singer Australia like is that is that something she needs to be doing? No. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, who cares that she was fired? I don't. So Paper Magazine reported that she would not be coming back, and they wrote, It's not a huge surprise. Lindsay's performance as a judge on the TV show where minor celebrities perform in absurd costumes and the judges guess their identity suffered given that she is not particularly familiar with Australian culture. In the very first episode when a large octopus was unmasked, I can't, this show... <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay completely failed to hide that she had no idea who Gretel Kyleen, host of Big Brother Australia and actress in the Sydney production of the Rocky Horror Picture Show was. While her co-host Jackie O appropriately shrieked, it's Gretel Kyleen, Lindsay just smiled awkwardly and gave a detectable shrug. <laughs> Me reacting to this entire show. I'm just like, a uh, shrug, I don't know, I don't, don't get it. So this probably wasn't the right gig for Lindsay, but hey, whatever, you know, she looked fabulous and actually just like every other project that she's ever done the other judges spoke very highly of her of course during the press tour they were asked you know many times by many different people what's the deal with Lindsay and everybody said she was really awesome she did her research she really you know tried to learn more about the culture and everything and you know it just didn't work out for season two but who cares honestly here's what I really want to talk about Lindsay's kind of music comeback not really but in 2019 Lindsay visited New York and she had another meeting with Tommy Mottola so if you listen to my speak episode and my a little more personal raw episode you know that Tommy Mottola is the executive that hired Lindsay and signed her to Casablanca Records 
back in 2004. Tommy would always boast about Lindsay like he was so proud to have her on the label and he really believed in her and I think that he really thought her career was going to be much bigger than it was musically I mean and I'm not saying that the drugs and alcohol and everything affected it more than anything else I think that it was just that Lindsay is first and foremost an actress and yes like we love her music and she loves her music but if she was going to focus on anything it was going to be doing more movies and so music just kind of fell by the wayside but when she had this meeting in 2019 Tommy actually re-signed her to Casablanca Records after only one meeting because he still believed in her so much he's like hey if you say you're back you're ready to work we're good bring me some tracks let's see what you can do so a few months later Lindsay dropped Xanax which is a song that she did with Alma who is a Finnish musician who has worked with Miley Cyrus Charlie XCX and she also releases her own music. She has an album called Have You Seen Her? And so Lindsay did this song with her and she dropped like a makeshift music video for it on her Instagram. I actually love this song and in fact a lot of you guys do too because when I started this Lindsay series I had posted on my story saying what's your favorite Lindsay Lohan song? And a lot of you guys said this which is kind of surprising because you know it wasn't a single. It wasn't even officially released. So the fact that a lot of people were like no. Xanax is a banger was pretty impressive and I can totally see why because I think the song is really interesting because it's like a club banger but Lindsay is talking about social anxiety and for her to name a song Xanax like obviously it's kind of ironic because of all of her troubles like people associate drugs with her and so I think it was kind of bold of her to turn it around on everybody and be like yeah I'm going to name a song Xanax. <laughs> so in the song, she's basically saying, you're like Xanax to me, to a romantic partner. You know, she's saying it like, you calm me down, basically. Like, everything is crazy, but then I am near you, and you're like Xanax to me. You help me calm down. And I actually think that's a really nice sentiment, and it's just a very Lindsay way of expressing that sentiment. So Lindsay co-wrote the song, and the lyrics go, I don't like the parties in LA, I go home. In a bad mood, pass out, wake up alone, just to do it all over again, looking for you. Only one reason I came here, too many people I can't hear, damn, I got here at 10, now it's 4am. I can't be in this club, it's too crowded and I'm fucked, ain't nobody here for love, ain't nobody care about us, I got social anxiety but you're like Xanax to me. Social anxiety, when you kiss me, I can't breathe. I actually think that that's a really interesting way for her to kind of work through her issues and write about her past because I personally never got too wrapped up in partying. I mean, I definitely had my moments, but I can totally see what she's saying just from these few lines. I feel like I can get into the headspace of someone who just leads this empty existence of partying and staying out all night and just having empty experience after empty experience you know you get there at 10 and before you know it it's 4 a.m and you're wasted there's so many people around but you still feel so alone like I think this song really expresses that well and I actually think it was a really great song for her to release I would love to know what Tommy Mottola thought about this specifically because why did Lindsay release it on her own like did she bring it to Tommy and he was like no 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 we don't want to go there like we can't release a song called Xanax I'm very curious about that so Rolling Stone wrote about it and they said Lindsay Lohan's new song Xanax featuring Alma is about as bizarre in a good way as you'd expect the track isn't available on any major streaming services yet instead opting to exist only as a music video on IGTV this video is a compilation of vignettes of life. Its caption reads, 
Family love the process of moving forward and letting go of the past, to live and be happy, free of fear, just to be grateful and open our eyes to our opportunities instead of numbing the mind. In reality, the vignettes of life are seemingly a hodgepodge of camera roll footage, skateboarding videos played next to images of an Instagram-ready Lindsay posing in front of mirrors or accepting flowers at unexplained events. As a piece of art, Xanax feels at war with itself. The song is built around a slowed-down sample of Alice DJ's 1998 song Better Off Alone, retrofitted to seem like a Swedish house mafia-type beat. There's a cacophony of cheesy synths and finger snaps that battle against dark and muted lyrics about living in seclusion in a city of excess. Despite all of that, it's hard to deny Xanax. The dichotomy of Lohan chanting, I got social anxiety but you're like Xanax to me, against a four on the floor is a full-on fever dream, and in the spirit of complete transparency, sometimes it do be like that. <laughs> So Lindsay made an appearance on the Andy Cohen, Anderson Cooper, CNN New Year's Eve special, which by the way, fuck that special. It should be Kathy Griffin and I will die on that hill. Anyways, Lindsay called in and just did a quick interview on there. She was talking about how she is actually her sister's manager now, which is interesting because I know that as of now, like 2023, when I'm recording this, Dina is all of the... Lohan's manager again so I don't know if Lindsay was just helping Dina out or if Dina wasn't involved at the time or what the case is but she told Andy and Anderson quote I'm managing my sister so I want to really focus on me and everything that I can do in my life <laughs> I just think that's funny I'm managing my sister so I want to really focus on me Girl, <laughs> I think she means she wants to focus on herself so that she can better herself and be better for her sister. But it just it's just really funny because Lindsay has this way of speaking. And you guys know if you've listened to this whole series, you know that she is hypocritical very often. She contradicts herself. In one sentence, she'll say, oh, I wasn't injured. And then the next sentence, she'll be like, I broke my foot. It's like, girl, what happened, you know? Anyway, she says, I'm managing my sister, so I really want to focus on me and everything that I can do in my life and come back to America and start filming again, which I'm doing something soon in this new year. And you know, just taking back the life I've worked so hard for and sharing it with my family and you guys. Aww. Yes. She did work so hard since she was a baby. That's what kills me about this whole story is like she worked so hard since before she should have been working because kids shouldn't really work in most normal, in normal people world, kids don't have jobs. So the fact that she said that, I don't know, just that sentence just really got me. Like I've worked, I want to take back the life I've worked so hard for. It's like emotional. So at the beginning of 2020, we all thought things were going to go hella differently than they did, didn't we? <laughs> so Lindsay thought she was going to be filming a movie and that didn't end up happening. I don't know if she was talking about that movie, The Honeymoon, based on the novel that she had purchased the rights to. I don't know what happened with that. But it was also announced before the pandemic that Lindsay was going to star alongside Mickey Rourke in a supernatural thriller called Cursed, which I was actually really excited about because... Mickey Rourke had a similar path to Lindsay, like was a superstar at a young age and then got caught up with the craziness of life and fame and money and all of that and then had a comeback later on and, you know, was nominated for an Oscar and all of that. So I thought what an interesting pairing to put them two together and like I would love to be a fly on the wall during a conversation of the two of them, you know. 
And so this movie was like all set to go. Lindsay was going to be playing a police detective. She mentioned it in multiple interviews. And then unfortunately, it just never happened. I know that since these reports, Mickey Rourke ended up dropping out. But I'm really not sure what ended up happening with it. I mean, I know as someone in show business myself, a lot of stuff just didn't happen. Like a lot of stuff just didn't come back after the pandemic. So I assume it has something to do with that. You might be asking, where was Lindsay during the pandemic? What was she doing? You know, where was she quarantined? Well, she quarantined in Dubai with her sister Allie. And I really think Lindsay was doing a lot of self-care at this time because she started doing a lot of Zoom interviews and things like that. And oh my God, Lindsay looked amazing. So I don't like to harp too much on women's looks and all of that because Lord knows the media and showbiz do that enough, but something happened in between 2018 and 2020. I think in 2019, she just had like a little bit of something that kind of rejuvenated her face a little bit. But I think like in early 2020, maybe like before the pandemic, maybe she got a facelift or something. I've heard from plastic surgery experts on YouTube and stuff that that's what everyone who like knows what they're talking about thinks that she has had. I don't personally know a lot about plastic surgery, so I'm not going to say that definitively. But she looks better in these 2020 interviews on, like all throughout the promotion of Falling for Christmas in 2022 and everything. I think she looks better now than she has for years and years and years and years and years. Like I would say that the last time she looked this good was probably early 2005, like right before she dyed her hair and lost all that weight and was like, you know, all of a sudden a bunch of sizes smaller and blonde. Remember that? Of course, we all remember that in 2005. Like, I think that Lindsay looks better now than she did throughout her entire 20s. I mean, whatever was done is pure art in terms of plastic surgery because she doesn't look like she has plastic surgery face. She doesn't look puffy. She doesn't look frozen. She doesn't look swollen. She looks exactly how you think that little girl from the parent trap would grow up to be. Like she looks exactly the same as herself in the parent trap just as a almost 40 year old woman. Like she looks unbelievable. She looks stunning. And you know, we all remember how perfect she was in her youth, like around the Mean Girls era, but she was still growing. She was still a kid, you know? And then she got heavy into the drugs and alcohol. It just aged her so quickly. And I talked about this in the past, like I couldn't believe how different she looked and how different her skin looked and just from the smoking and and the drug use and all of that and I think that she noticed that start to happen and so she started getting tons of fillers to try to like fill in some of that damage and then her face started to like sag and get puffy and look strange and she was still beautiful because Lindsay's a beautiful woman but it just you know, compared to how she had looked before, it was just really alarming. And she was having so much trouble, like everybody knew what was going on. And sometimes it felt like she was trying so hard to hold it together. And she would get these fillers and like, it just looked very odd. And now it, she doesn't look like that at all. I mean, she must have filler and Botox, she must, but it's whoever's doing it now is an artist. Because you know what, whoever did it, they didn't create a new Lindsay they gave Lindsay back her old face. <laughs> like, it's just amazing. Like, I think she looks absolutely stunning. And you know what? I'm sure like, yeah, she's had stuff done, but I think a lot of it is coming from within. I really do. I think that now she's leading a healthy lifestyle. She has love in her life. 
Her family is back together. They're all supposedly getting along, according to her. And I think that when you're taking care of yourself on the inside, it does radiate outward. And I mean, she's always been beautiful, but truly, like, since 2020, I don't know, she had some facial rejuvenation or something, and she just, just glows the same way that she did when she was 17. And it's just, oh my, I could cry. Like, it's just so nice to see that she's healthy and happy. On March 31st, 2020, Lindsay released a video saying that she was back. And we all thought that this was her music comeback. Again, I don't know why it didn't continue on, but she released her single called Back to Me on April 3rd. And she said, the song is about rediscovering and accepting oneself, shutting out the noise and moving forward and letting the past go, living in the now, Lindsay said. And of course, like, of course she would write a song like that. Like that's exactly what she was going through in real life. And I think this and Xanax really expresses the side of Lindsay where she is just writing it as it is. Like she's barely even elaborating at all. Like she's just like, this is how I feel. This is my life and here it is in song form. So this song was released as an official single right onto the platforms and all of that. It was her first official single in 12 years and boy did it brighten up my quarantine. I was like hell yeah Lindsay Lohan's back. At least we have something to do. Lindsay said it was a little nerve-wracking. Singing is more about my emotions. With acting I bring personal experiences into it sometimes but it's more about relaying those kinds of actions through a character and who that character is but with singing it's me. So it's more personal for me and I always get scared of people, you know, instead of just listening to the song and at the end of the day it's an uplifting song, people are like nitpicking the words apart. It's not always about that in every song, but it does tell a truth and it's talking about myself in the past and then myself in the present. I don't like this song as much as Xanax and I think that this is the more record label safe approved song. It's kind of like a version of Xanax. Like it's saying kind of the same things, but it's just at it. It's kind of like they're both about the same person, which they are, Lindsay. And Xanax is about kind of still being in that partying phase. And this is after you're out of the partying phase. So the lyrics go, I used to blame me when shit got crazy. I can't think too much about what they say. And now these Sundays got me feeling like Mondays. I know I drink too much, but it's okay. What a real ass lyric, like girl. <laughs> My life is full of ripped up pages. I've been weak contagious, but I'm coming back. I'm coming back to me. But I know that everything changes. Hard things turn to basics. Now I'm coming back. I'm coming back to me. I love that line, hard things turn to basics. Because me personally, I make a big deal out of things in my mind. I'll have a task to do or something and I just build it up like it's going to be the hardest thing ever. And then I actually do it and I'm like, mm, that was fine. I don't know why I did that to myself. And it's like you conquer these challenges and then these things that seem so difficult just become everyday basic shit. So that's probably my favorite lyric in the whole song. And she did an interview with Travis Mills for Apple Music Radio and she said back to me is about finding myself my inner self soul searching and not worrying about the outside noises and voices I felt really raw and really honest and it was scary for me to put that out to throw myself back into the lion's den essentially is nerve-wracking for me I literally turned my phone off for the day I was so scared I'm not kidding I kid you not no one that works with the label could reach me she then revealed one of her biggest fears was the lyric I know I drink too much but it's okay 
And she says, my biggest fear was, are people going to take the first lyric, the first verse the wrong way? And that was the biggest conversation I had with the song because I originally changed the lyric to, I know I think too much, which no one actually knows. We changed it. It originally was drink. I said, no, because that's not me because that's not me now. But I do think way too much. I overthink everything in my life. And my little brother called me and he goes, Linz, I see these kids all the time in LA that are drinking way too much all the time. So if you say that, maybe they'll think about it more. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, keep it. So that's her little brother, Dakota, who she's very close with, as she is all of her siblings, really. And I love that she took his input to heart that way and decided to take his advice. I think that's really sweet. And I love the lyric. Like, as an artist, you know, the lyric that you're the most afraid to say, that's probably the lyric that needs to stay in the song, right? Because that's going to affect people. And it does. Like, I think that lyric really catches the listener and it's like oh shit like she's being hella honest <laughs> you know what I mean like this is real so sadly Lindsay didn't have any other music come out after that except for Jingle Bell Rock which we'll talk about but I don't know is her record deal on hold or is it canceled like I don't know what the deal is but I cannot imagine that Tommy Mottola doesn't want to capitalize off of the Lohana song so I don't know what's happening with that Lindsay actually said in a more recent interview that she's not thinking of doing any music right now but maybe in the future so I guess she's closing that book for the meeting time which is weird but I also think it makes sense that she doesn't want to overwhelm herself because she was definitely doing too much when she was a teenager and Tommy should not have pushed for her first album to come out so quickly because she was already scheduled to be making movies and other appearances and it was just a little too crazy and she ended up hospitalized for exhaustion so I think it's good that she isn't bombarding herself with work right now and as much as I love Lindsay's music guys I don't need it the way I need another parent trap or something for her you know what I mean like I want to see Lindsay in movies so I'm happy for the direction that her career is going in but I do hope I have more Lindsay music to talk about in the future in April 2020 Lindsay did an interview on the family fade podcast and they asked her what she would tell herself 20 years ago so this was in 2020 so in 2000 Lindsay was 14 aww <laughs> And she said she would tell herself, choose your friends wisely. Go with your gut, not what other people kind of put on you. Because I think I didn't listen to what my mother said or what I truly thought was the right thing to do. Peer pressure was a lot. But also, let my driver drive for me. <laughs> if you know about Lindsay's past, you will laugh at that. I mean, I love it again. She keeps it real. Like, I love her. She says, seriously, because it was safer for him to drive, but I wanted to drive because I was excited to drive by myself because I wasn't going to work, but it probably would have been safer for someone else to do it at the time. But really to just choose my friends wisely and spend more time in New York. Slow down just mentally because everything moves so fast. You do a movie, you promote it, and then you're on to the next one. It's okay to just take a break in between when everything's hitting. So clearly she's applying this advice that she would give to 14-year-old Lindsay to her life today because she's not going to pile on making an album on top of having this three-picture deal with Netflix, which again, we will talk about. She did a lot of virtual appearances throughout 2020, including both Mean Girls and Parent Trap reunions. I already talked about those on the Parent Trap episode and then on the Mean 
Girls episode. So make sure you go back and listen to those if you haven't. She also appeared on her mom's short-lived podcast, which is called Listen to Me, the OG Mama D. And I'm actually really sad that this podcast didn't continue because I freaking love Dina. So I suggest that you go listen to it. It is on YouTube, so you can watch. It's Lindsay, her mom, and their close family friend, Chanel Omari. And Chanel actually says that Lindsay is an incredible cook. Lindsay says that it's zen and therapeutic for her to cook and that she does a lot of self-care practices now, like she meditates in the shower, she journals all the time, she does 30-minute workouts, and she values time to herself more than she ever had before, which that is a sign of growth, I think, for anybody. Like, I always struggle with like when I see people that always have to be around other people like they can't just sit by themselves I think that that's a bad sign I think when when you can truly just like be alone and appreciate your own company and take care of yourself and not worry about being busy every second and doing something every single day I think that's true strength and power her and Dina also said they talk every day on FaceTime so even though Lindsay lives in Dubai and Dina's in New York they still have a very close relationship Dina talks about how she thinks that Lindsay's next move should be Broadway because Lindsay had done Speed the Plow in the UK a few years earlier and they wanted to bring it to New York City, but that didn't end up happening. And Lindsay's so cute. Like she gasses up Dina and she's like, well, I got being a triple threat from you because you're a triple threat too. And Lindsay said that she's never ever taken an acting class, which is insane. Like you can tell that she just has that natural talent. How the hell she did that in the parent trap without even taking an acting class is beyond me. I mean, I assume they got her a coach, but still like unbelievable. And she said that for her, acting never felt like work as a kid. So she didn't feel like she missed out on anything. And she said that she would love to teach acting to young kids. Again, Lindsay is so sweet. Like this whole interview was so adorable because you can tell how much Lindsay loves her mom. And this is one of the first things that I watched when I started doing research for this podcast. And I think this was a big influence on why I decided to speak so positively of Dina because as I said in the first episode, you can say whatever you want about a mother, but you really should look at the children and how well they're doing. And I don't mean how well they're doing, like who's the most successful or whatever. I mean like how well they're doing, like mentally, emotionally, are they good people? And Lindsay keeps praising her mother in this interview and it's so kind and so lovely. So for instance, uh, Dina asks her, who did she learn the most from in show business? And Lindsay says, Nancy Myers, director of Parent Trap. And then she asks her, who taught her the most about kindness in show business? Because, you know, people in showbiz aren't always kind. And Lindsay replied and said that Dina was the person that taught her the most about kindness in show business, as well as Dina's mother, uh, Lindsay's grandmother, which I just thought was amazing. You know, she could have dropped a big name and said, well, Meryl Streep, you know, whatever. But no, instead she puts the spotlight back on her mother and I just thought that was adorable. At one point, Chanel starts crying and saying thank you to Lindsay because... I can't remember which one it was. I guess Sandy probably, but there was a, a bad hurricane and apparently Lindsay saved her during this hurricane. I don't know if she took her in or what. I can't remember. I'm reading my notes from a long time ago when I watched this interview like a year ago, but I thought that too. Like it just struck me how it's like all this bullshit is out there about Lindsay and it's like, you know, I mean, of course the tabloids aren't going to report Lindsay saved someone during a hurricane but you know they really should like it's just a shame that you know none of this nice stuff is is out there about her I mean I guess sometimes there's nice stuff but obviously it's rare 
So another um, really nice thing that Lindsay did is she was doing cameos that uh, benefited a charity. So if you're not familiar, Cameo is that app where you can pay a certain amount of money and the, the price is usually based on like how famous the person is. So somebody like Lindsay would have a higher price, but then somebody who's just like a YouTube star probably has like a really cheap price or whatever. And you pay for them to record like a, you know, one minute video for someone. So you can have Lindsay say like happy birthday to somebody or something like that. And I always love checking out the cameo pages because some celebrities do a really good job of it. Like they make a really thorough, fun, interesting, thoughtful video. And other people are just like, I'm just, gonna use a fake example like hi it's me Michael Jackson uh your mom said that it was your birthday so I had to make you a video and say happy birthday have a good one bye <laughs> like it's just so funny I think I think it like you really can learn a lot about a celebrity by how they make their cameos and so Lindsay got hired actually to make a cameo for somebody that was coming out to their parents and this person's named Alana and they said, I asked Lindsay Lohan to come out to my parents for me in a cameo and she did make the video. It's not what I expected at all. So Lindsay says in the cameo, Hi Alana, it's Lindsay Lohan. Um, I know that you are about to take a very big step in telling your parents, you know, uh, who you truly are and what you want them to accept of you. Um, and I think that you should do it yourself. I think that coming from you, you'll feel a lot of power and strength and it's important that you are who you truly are and that you love yourself and you can live by that um, and tell your parents that. And I, I promise you they will understand. I'm sending you lots of love, all the love in the world and strength and support, um, and God bless you. Stay true to yourself. You're truly beautiful, um, and Godspeed. Lots of love and good luck. What a beautiful message for this person, and I just think it's awesome that Lindsay refused to come out on her behalf, and she was just like, you should do it, and she offered her that support. Lindsay actually asked her to take down this video because she posted on TikTok about this whole situation, and Alana did, and Lindsay was like, mm, this was a private <laughs> video. This was great PR for Lindsay. You know, you would think that they would want it out there, but funnily enough, Cameo responded to this, and they were like, actually, you know, it's in our terms and conditions that all of the videos made for our customers are allowed to be posted publicly. Like, it's part of what you buy when you pay for the Cameo, you buy the rights to it. So technically, Lindsay was in the wrong, but I guess it was kind of nice that she didn't want it plastered all over the internet because even though it was something that made her look good, I think she just thought it would be better as like a one-on-one -on -one type of thing. So it's kind of nice that she wanted that intimacy, but at the same time, it was a really heartwarming thing to see. So I'm kind of happy that it was out there. So I kind of lied when I said that Lindsay didn't release any more music after Back to Me. She actually released a song as an NFT, which do you guys think that I have any idea what that means? I don't. I mean, I kind of understand NFTs. I get it. But at the same time, <laughs> I don't. You know what I mean? Because when someone's like, oh, I sold an image as an NFT. I'm like, okay, does that mean that you sold the rights to the image? Because an image can just be copied and pasted, right? So I don't understand that. Same thing with a song. How do you sell a song as an NFT? Is it they own the rights to do? Like, I don't understand that whatsoever. The song is called Lullaby. It's a collaboration with DJ Manuel Riva. And it was supposed to only be accessed exclusively on the Fans Forever website coming in the form of an NFT. So I guess you would have to 
spend a fortune in order to hear it. If you're curious how much, just know that it sold for $85,484.09. What does that mean? I'm not going to try to explain it, but this is what Lindsay said, that her latest venture is, quote, a Genesis piece and history in the making. I guess if I was super rich, I would get in on this just in case it ends up being a huge deal. Apparently, it already is a huge deal, but I guess when you're super wealthy, like, you can just take bets on things like this and not really be worried about it. But the song is on YouTube, so the person who bought it for $85,000, are they, like, pissed? I don't understand. If anyone wants to fill me in, feel free to do that. And you might be thinking, well, Leah, why should we have to fill you in? This is your podcast. Don't you do research? I'm telling you, I don't get it. Like, I have done research, and I don't get it, and I'm happy to admit that. So there is, if you go to the Lindsay Lohan music channel, there's a lullaby solo version and then a version also featuring her sister Aliana Lohan so do I understand why someone would pay $85,000 for a song that can be heard on YouTube for free nope no idea when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply on May 24th, 2021, the clouds parted, the sun came out, I felt the warmth on my skin because Falling for Christmas was announced, Lindsay's first legit movie in so many years. It was just the most beautiful day. Like, I prayed, you know? It was amazing. So much better than an NFT or club announcement. As much as I respect Lindsay for being this amazing businesswoman who's this multifaceted uh, polymath, if you will, <laughs> I love her first and foremost as an actress. And when this was announced, I think people were still skeptical of Lindsay. I think they didn't know if this was going to be a real movie or not, and they didn't know what to think of it. But obviously, it ended up being such a great comeback film for her, and we will get more into that later. A few months after that, she did an interview with the Daily Mail, and they asked her about the scrutiny that she gets as a celebrity still to this day, even though she hasn't been as much in the public eye. And Lindsay said, this is what I asked for. And in this day and age, that's what actually goes on. So I'm just going to pause right there. I love when celebrities are like, actually, I asked for this. Anytime a celebrity keeps it real, and I've talked about before on this podcast how Jamie Lee Curtis is one of the best celebrities when it comes to this. I love when celebrities are like, actually, you know what? I asked for this. I auditioned. <laughs> you know, like I knew if I became famous, this is what was going to happen. The ironic thing is that Lindsay was so young when she became famous that I often give her a little bit more space to make mistakes and maybe not deal with fame as gracefully as she should because she consented to something before she could really understand what it was. And of course, then as an adult, she continued to further her fame. It's not like she crawled into a hole and never did another interview and never did another movie or whatever. But still, once you're famous, like Lindsay was as a child, you're famous. Like, even if she went away, she would always still be, like, 
famous in some way. But anyways, she said, this is what I asked for. But what hurts the most is that I work just as hard as any other actress around my age, like Scarlett Johansson. Now I've said in a previous episode of this that I think Lindsay has not a beef with Scarlett Johansson, but I think Lindsay's insanely jealous of Scarlett because not only did Scarlett also date Jared Leto, but I just think that Scarlett has had Lindsay's ideal career in movies, which is to say that she's had these huge blockbuster franchise films, but she also stars in these artsy indie movies and gets nominated for Oscars. And I really think that's most actresses ideal, right? To be able to be the blockbuster girl and also tell like these really intimate, truthful stories as well with indie film and and to be respected and recognized by the industry as a real actress while also being able to do like crazy action movies and stuff. And actually in 2022, when Lindsay was promoting Falling for Christmas, she mentioned how she's never done a real action movie and she really wants to do that. Like multiple times I heard her her reference something similar to that so kind of interesting she continues I just don't get the opportunities that they get because people are so distracted by the mess that I created in my life again love it she's taking responsibility I created the mess she's not saying you know because my parents were always fighting and they were drinkers too and they did drugs and they fought and they weren't there for me nope She's not blaming anybody else anymore. She's saying, I created this mess. And I love that because I have said it before. If you're able to face your flaws, if you're able to look them straight in the eye every time you get up and you look in that mirror, so many beautiful things will be delivered to you from the universe. And I know that might be too like woo-woo spiritual for some people, but I am telling you guys, anyone out there listening is having a hard time, here's your sign. Face your flaws because we all have them. You've made mistakes. What are they? Don't blame other people for them. Take responsibility. Face your worst fears. Face your insecurities. You do that, that is the toughest mountain to climb because we're all in like a prison that is our own mind. And we're the people that are standing in our own way more than other people for the most part in most cases. So if you can face the issues in your life, be prepared to have a lohanaissance in your own life, girl, because I promise you, you can do it, okay? So she finishes that by saying, I don't get the opportunities that they get because people are so distracted by the mess that I created in my life, but that doesn't mean it's going to last forever. Yes, Lindsay. Oh my God, I could cry. I'm so happy. Like, I'm so happy for her. Like, she's faced her bullshit and she's come out the other side smelling and looking like the most beautiful flower you've ever experienced in your life. Yes, girl. Oh my God, Miss Thing. Okay, I'm getting too excited. So let's talk about the lowdown, Lindsay's podcast. I was so excited when she announced this. You guys know, of course, not only am I the host of one, but I listen to them all the time. I love the long form of a podcast. I love when you can really get to know somebody in podcast form. And as a lover of pop culture, one of my favorite things is when there's like an hour long interview with a celebrity and you get to know like their whole journey and their whole life. I mean, that to me is like crack, like uh, say crack again, crack. I love it. Like it's so great. So I thought it was so interesting that we were going to get Lindsay on the other side of that. And I have to say, I was a little bit disappointed when the podcast came out and I'm going to explain why I ended up being totally the opposite of disappointed and instead was impressed. When I heard that she was having a podcast, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. She's going to have everybody from Mean Girls. She's going to have Tina Fey. She's going to have all of the Parent Trap people. She's going to have Nancy Myers. Like it's going to be this reunion of all of our late 90s, early 2000s, iconic people. And we're going to get to hear all the behind the scenes, like what 
happened between Megan Fox and Lindsay on Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. I have to hear that. That's what I thought it was going to be, you know, because that's kind of what Drew Barrymore is doing with her show. Like she interviews all types of people, but the best episodes of the Drew Barrymore show is when she interviews an ex or somebody that she's done movies with before or her little skits that she's been doing with Adam Sandler. I mean, it's just so great and it's so nostalgic, but Instead, Lindsay went in a totally different direction. Now, first, let me just read her quote about this. She says, I started the podcast, The Lowdown with Lindsay Lohan, because I wanted to get comfortable with getting myself out there again. I'm a creative person, so I need to do things that give me an outlet. I was dabbling and I was like, maybe I'll sing again. And then I was like, no, I'm not really into this. I'll just wait to see what scripts I get and if there's something I connect with. And also my husband was like, you need to act again you're good at it. So basically what Lindsay is saying is that she didn't just want to take any script. She kind of wanted to sit back and see like, well, what kind of scripts am I going to get? Because I haven't really been putting myself out there that much. So I haven't been getting many scripts at all. Well, once I have my agent and my manager kind of put feelers out there of what kind of scripts I'm going to get while I wait for the right script instead of just taking whatever comes along, how can I express my creative energy in front of the world so that I'm kind of inching back in to the public consciousness. So I think a podcast was a good idea to kind of get her feet wet. And of course, I love the title, The Lowdown, L-O-H-D-O-W-N. Perfect, catchy title. And the theme song is Rumors, which I just love that that's what she picked for her song to open this podcast. I mean, it doesn't really go with the theme of the podcast. Like Rumors is not really like what it's about. It doesn't have that kind of like negative, oh no, I'm a celebrity, get out of my face kind of thing. But I just love that she used that because it's one of her biggest songs. And as stands, of course, we want to be reminded of all those good times. So I'm actually really impressed with this podcast because Lindsay is so natural on it. She does such a good job. She is so thoughtful. She really comes up with great questions. She truly seems interested. And I'm not going to name names Paris Hilton, but there are a lot of celebrities that have created podcasts and you can tell it's just a total vanity project. They don't have anything interesting to say. They're not trying to introduce you to any interesting people. They sleepwalk through interviews. And it's not just Paris. It's like so many of these other celebrities. I'm not going to name any other names, but I will say like it's exhausting because sometimes you really love a celebrity and you're like, oh my gosh, how cool they're doing a podcast. And then you listen to it and you're just like, oh, I see your agent just told you that this was easy ad money. Got it. And that is completely not what this is. And like I said, I was hoping for more celebrities that we would know and people that Lindsay has worked with over the years. If I was Lindsay, I would have came in strong and been like, bam, first episode, her and Rachel McAdams, Regina and Katie, you know, episode two. Her and Jamie Lee Curtis, episode three, her and Dennis Quaid, episode four, her and Nancy Myers, episode five, her and Jonathan Bennett, Aaron Samuels, you know, he just keep going and going with all of these iconic people from her past. But I don't think that Lindsay wanted this podcast to become this huge thing and get all the possible fame and press and attention from this podcast as possible. I think it really was just something for her to kind of get back in the groove of releasing stuff. And I think that was so smart of her. So instead of these big celebrities that we all want to see her with, she interviews people that she is truly interested in. Some of them she knows personally, but she's 
a fan of all of them. And my favorite was just the one that she did with her sister. Like, I, I love the Lohan family. Like, I love hearing more about them and all that kind of stuff. And I think that Lindsay is the best when she just, like, truly goes in with the interview questions. I don't like when she does, like, a this or that type of thing or when she does, like, a rapid fire question thing. I love when she just like asks like the core questions when she really gets to the heart of it. But then also she has some really good conversational episodes. Like I loved the one with her and Gigi Gorgeous because it was just like two girls talking about like skincare and like fun stuff for women and everything like that. And I thought what an awesome moment to see. First of all, Lindsay looked stunning in that episode. I mean, she looks gorgeous in every episode. Like I said, she's just, I mean, she's so beautiful. Like she looks better than ever. So does Gigi. Looks so gorgeous too, always. I thought, what a powerful thing for Gigi, who I, I think Gigi's around my age. So it's like, she probably grew up watching Lindsay too. And in the episode, she says, you know, oh, Lindsay, you've been a gay icon forever. And it's like, wow, you know, imagine telling little Gigi, like someday Lindsay Lohan will be asking you about skincare tips and stuff. You know what I mean? Like just so lovely to see. I also live for the fact that Salt and Peppa was the second episode. Like how cool is that? Salt and Peppa are iconic. And it just showed that Lindsay has taste, that she interviewed them and they were the second episode. Because here's the thing, you know that Lindsay could get easily Jamie Lee Curtis on there. You know that she easily could get like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Of course she could. Like all those people still seem to adore Lindsay. Like every time that they're asked about her, they have endless praise. Jane Fonda, like these huge names. But instead, she's going with people that she's like truly interested in interviewing and introducing to the world. Like there's a few people on here from her community in the UAE and like that she's met around Dubai that she just wants to introduce to people and give them a platform. There's some people from Falling for Christmas, you know, which obviously was probably more of a promotional thing, but it seems like they all get along so well and they're best friends. And it just really comforts me this podcast because it really shows like Lindsay just being so relaxed looking so naturally beautiful so in her element and I think she does a great job interviewing so if you haven't checked out the lowdown yet please do and you know manifesting what Jesse said on my podcast last year which was how insanely fucking iconic would it be if Lindsay had Hillary Duff on <sighs> I tremble just thinking about it so I'm not even gonna get into that but girl you know that would be like literally the highlight of all of our lives. On November 12th, they released the first on-set photo from Falling for Christmas. And Lindsay is highly photoshopped in the photo, which is totally misleading because she looked amazing at the time. She looks amazing in the movie. I don't know why they photoshopped the picture so much, but it was clearly like this, just this very odd picture that they released. And I'm so happy that like that wasn't actually representative of what her face looks like because her face looks so much better. You did not need to photoshop it whoever did that you really need to take some photoshopping classes okay so <laughs> Lindsay actually said later that the reason why they released that photo is because somebody from the production actually leaked to the press where they were going to be shooting and so the paparazzi were like leaning over all of these hills and like trying to get pictures of Lindsay and so they wanted to get ahead of it and release something before like some terrible paparazzi shot came out and they did. And everybody was really excited. Even though it was like a heavily photoshopped weird picture, it was so, it was like, oh my God, look at Lindsay. She's on a set. It's amazing. 
So then on November 28th, Lindsay announced that she was engaged to her boyfriend-turned-fiancé, Bader Shamas. She posted on Instagram a lovely photo of them behind a cake with, like, all these sparklers and everything shooting out of it. She said that it was a very intimate proposal. Her brother and sister were there with her. And she said that's what made it really special is that her family could share it with her. And she captioned the photo by writing, my love, my life, my family, my future. And so the two of them ended up getting married that April. It was a very private ceremony in Kuwait. I had to dig for information about this wedding. Not only are there absolutely zero pictures, but there's not a lot of information about it. And when Lindsay was on her press tour for Falling for Christmas, almost everybody asked her about Bader and her marriage and all of that. And she just gave very short kind of basic answers like she would just smile and say, I found my person. I feel so lucky. I love him so much. We're a great team. We also want to say congratulations. You're married now. Tell us about it. (laughs) I am. It's amazing. I'm I'm really lucky. I found I found my partner and he's an amazing man and we're a great team. You Tell, were happy there. Yeah, I, I want kind of want more details. I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna give them. Right. I, just, I, I think we all. No, just, he's the best. I really, I mean, I love him so much. You, your smile says it all. <laughs> On one of the interviews, I think it was the Good Morning America one, where she was slaying in that color block suit. Oh my god, you guys. <laughs> I'm so happy like doing this episode because normally I'm like you know reporting on all of these like crazy things from Lindsay's life and I haven't done just like a happy episode like this in so long and I'm just like ah her looks during the falling for Christmas Christmas I can't even speak Christmas press tour oh my gosh oh my gosh every day there was a new like every day I died I died and I was resurrected again like it's just her looks the hair the red hair so beautiful but anyways Lindsay is trying to keep this relationship between the two of them and their families and that is awesome because we don't need like a Brad and Angelina like everywhere they're globe hopping pictures everywhere and all that kind of stuff you know what I mean we just don't need that and Lindsay doesn't need that Bader is a very private person in fact his Instagram used to be public his LinkedIn profile used to be public and then once he started becoming famous as a result of being with Lindsay he made his Instagram private he deleted his LinkedIn profile and he tries to stay off the internet like I dug and tried googling like different things about him and I mean I can't find anything that isn't just like some fluffy article that you know Us Weekly wrote or something like get to know Lindsay's husband you know so I'm happy I you know what it's none of my fucking business (laughs) it's really not but I just wanted to deliver the goods to you guys it's been 16 episodes this is number 17 you guys deserve the tea but I don't really have any tea on him. He seems great. I think he's very handsome. So yeah, they had just a very small wedding in Kuwait. Bader is a Kuwaiti Lebanese. So they are based in Dubai, but they also spend time in Kuwait and Lebanon with his family. They did spend this past Christmas 2022 in Lebanon. Apparently her family was there, like they flew out and his family, obviously. So that's lovely. Not only was the wedding a complete secret on the day of the wedding, meaning paparazzi didn't get any pictures. There were no helicopters flying above. There were no people leaking information to the paparazzi or anything like that. In fact, we didn't even know that she was married until her birthday, July 2nd. So months later, she decides to announce that she's married on her birthday. And I just love that, that it's not all about her on her birthday. No shade to anyone who does make it all about them on their birthday. Girl, I do that every year, okay? (laughs) But what I'm saying is she just wanted to announce her, her marriage, which was so lovely. So she wrote, I am the luckiest woman in the 
world. You found me and knew that I wanted to find happiness and grace all at the same time. I am stunned that you are my husband, my life, and my everything. Every woman should feel like this every day. I could cry. You guys, she went to jail, okay? She went to rehab six times. You know what I mean? Like, she's happy. I'm so happy that she's happy. I just, oh. So you might be wondering, well, how long has she known this guy? When did they get together? The first time Lindsay mentioned him was in an Instagram picture right before the pandemic. So in February of 2020, they went to a music festival in Dubai and she called him her boyfriend. But when they got married, they had been together for about three and a half years. So that would mean they probably started dating in 2019. And Lindsay has described him as incredibly wise, that he has a very chill and calming energy. He's quiet, but he gives her the sound advice that she needs. She said that being together throughout the pandemic really set them up well for marriage and that it wasn't a huge surprise when he proposed because they had already talked about it and stuff. And she said that it built a good foundation because obviously when you're quarantined, there's nothing to hide. You know, you get to know each other real quick. And I've heard that actually from a lot of couples. I, you know, really, I wouldn't know since I was single uh, during the quarantine, but you know, we'll, mm, we'll get into that in my therapy episode. So... Bader actually gave Lindsay a Cartier bracelet during their first Christmas together, which I estimate was Christmas 2019. And she said it was a very special moment for them and that she decided that she would pass it down to her daughter. So they definitely wanna have children. They've talked about raising their children in Dubai because she says it's so safe there and the schools are really great. She said that Bader speaks English and Arabic, that he's a good cook and she actually begs him to cook because Lebanese food is so delicious. And after their wedding, they had a honeymoon on the Turkish Riviera at the Bodrum Edition, which is a luxury five-star resort, which is at the most Western point of the Bodrum Peninsula. I love luxuriously globe hopping Lindsay. It's absolutely fabulous. I'm so happy for her. I just can't say it enough. I'm probably getting annoying, but I really don't care. So Bader is a financier and he serves as the assistant vice president at Credit Suisse. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, which is an international wealth management company based in Dubai. And he has a degree in mechanical engineering from the University of South Florida. And he also has a Bachelor of Science in finance degree from the John H. Sykes College of Business. So somebody very different from Lindsay, right? Somebody not raised in show business. And I think that's good for her. Like, I think she needs somebody that's not like so caught up in that world because she has separated herself so stringently from Hollywood and New York. And I heard in a lot of her interviews that she did in 2022 that she was like, you know, it's actually really nice being able to go to America and do acting and showbiz related things and then just be so separate from it and have a normal life. Because I think that's something that child actors and musicians never have. You know, look at somebody like Michael Jackson, who literally would cry talking about how he had no childhood. And so I think that these people that become famous so young, it's like they're always trying to regain this normal life that they never had a chance to really have. And it's like they're creating something out of nothing because they didn't really have the chance to have a childhood. It's like they're missing something that they never even had. And so I think that her creating this normalcy in Dubai is so vital to her happiness and her health now. And I think it's wonderful that she ended up with somebody who is from a different part of the world and has a different perspective and can bring that calm to her rather than, you know, the constant 
go, go, go energy of showbiz in America. And that's really all I have on Bader and the relationship and the marriage. And I think that's great. For once, I don't have 60 articles of information about Lindsay's private life to comb through in order to narrow it down for an episode. <laughs> like, it's actually really nice. I'm so happy for her and her privacy. Let's get back to the career. So in early 2022, Lindsay premiered her third Super Bowl commercial, this time for Planet Fitness. And I love this commercial because it has all these different celebrities in it. It references Lindsay's past mistakes. And she said that she was really excited about the chance actually to reference those things and kind of put them to rest. People are wondering. She's never been sharper. This basketball star married himself in 1996. Who is Dennis Rodman? Correct. Son of a... She's sleeping better than ever, which the paparazzi aren't thrilled about. I miss Lizzie! She's even more productive, trading DUIs for DIY. The verdict is... Gorgeous. Maybe it's not what's gotten into Lindsay. It's what Lindsay's gotten into. Hey, William. Planet Fitness. Get glowing and feel spectacular. My favorite part of the commercial is when she is bedazzling a alcohol monitoring bracelet. We all remember those times. We all remember those times, girl. And you know what? Lindsay has always been amazing at making fun of herself. There have been so many instances of that among this whole series that I've pointed out because I think it's really important to make fun of yourself. I think that's the key to life, whether you're famous or not. And she does a great job of that. So people were so excited when they saw her Planet Fitness commercial because not only is it a big deal, she has a Super Bowl commercial, but she looks so amazing. Like this was where the Lohanasans really, really kicked off. Like it was kind of, you know, it was kind of like when a horse or not a horse, when a bull, <laughs> when a bull is about to start running and it like drags its hooves on the dirt. That was 2020 and 2021. But 2022, when this Planet Fitness commercial came out, it was like, bam. And then it was announced that Lindsay actually got a three picture deal with Netflix, which is huge. That is what everybody in this industry wants right now is a three picture deal with a major streaming service. Hollywood is cyclical and it's moving back into this old Hollywood type of thing where you have deals with certain streaming services. You know, the Kardashians have Hulu. Jessica Simpson has Amazon Prime. Lindsay Lohan has Netflix. And I think it's funny and kind of interesting, right, that they tested her a little bit. They were like, okay, we're going to give you this one movie. We'll see how you do. We'll see if you show up on time. And not only did she kill it in the movie, and she's so great in the movie, she delivered exactly what they were looking for. But she was no drama because that part of her life is over. And so Netflix said, we're so happy with our collaboration with Lindsay to date and we're thrilled to continue our partnership with her. We look forward to bringing more of her films to our members around the world. I look forward to it too. I cannot wait for the other two movies. I am waiting with bated breath, okay? So then we get this amazing video. We were eating so well. Like Lindsay was feeding us feeding us this year. Lindsay released, or should I say Vogue released, the Life in Looks Lindsay episode. It was amazing. She discussed 18 different looks from throughout her career. She looked absolutely flawless. And if you're not familiar with this, Life in Looks is this awesome thing that Vogue does with celebrities where they create this beautiful, huge, thick book of all of these iconic looks that these people have had. I mean, Cher did it. Elton John did it. Like, it's iconic. It's so great. I watch every single one. It literally does not matter who the celebrity is. It's always interesting to see them go through their looks and give facts about that look and the event surrounding it. So Lindsay starts 
starts with a parent trap premiere. Don't worry, I'm not going to give like details on every single one. I just wanted to mention some of my favorites. So they start with a parent trap premiere and Lindsay noted that she loved fashion so much growing up and she loved shopping and she remembers going shopping for the dress with her mom and she noted that her mom still actually has the dress and then Dina, who I follow religiously on Instagram, obviously, posted the dress the next day. Like I love that Dina literally just went to her closet and she was like, oh, here it is and just (laughs) posted the picture like my queen. So the second one is a look from 2002 where Lindsay went to a charity event with her Freaky Friday hair, which was like her beautiful red hair with like those big thick blonde streaks in it. And Lindsay's wearing a dark blue juicy tracksuit, which of course I conned my parents into buying for me because I needed it. And Lindsay's like all embarrassed by it. Like she covers it up and she's like, oh no, I don't want to look like this. And she she does that with multiple looks. And I'm like, girl, like I don't understand why celebrities are always embarrassed when they are shown things from their past. Like anytime anyone's on Jay Leno or something and he shows like some commercial they did when they were five and they're like, oh no. I'm like don't be embarrassed yeah you were the freaking jello girl when you were five embrace it like that's awesome you know hell yeah like if that was me I'd be like hell yeah I was in that Tootsie Roll commercial like fuck yeah but anyways Lindsay's like all embarrassed and stuff and she says that like the look wasn't good or whatever and I'm like are you kidding it was iconic like you had and I know I'm overusing that word I don't care I'm so excited this Lohanaissance just has me feeling some type of way but I loved the look I don't even want to even like (laughs) Oh, juicy sweatsuits. But why was I wearing flip-flops and a scarf? This was during Freaky Friday. And I remember Tracy Cunningham was so upset that she had to do these white highlights in my hair. And and I was really just rocking the Avril Lavigne vibe because that was my character. And I kind of took it into my daily life, which love Avril Lavigne, but for me was not working on a daily basis (laughs) as I can see. I can't believe I, I don't see any red carpet here, by the way. Thank goodness, so you can't really say it was a red carpet. (laughs) Okay, next. So then there's the 2003 It's Totally Raining Teens cover. Then it's the outfits from Freaky Friday, which she says that that's the most fun she's ever had on a set is on Freaky Friday. Ooh, we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about the upcoming possible Freaky Friday sequel a little bit later. I cannot wait. Actually, let's just talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. I'm so excited, okay. So I'm sure you guys have been keeping up with this. Jamie Lee Curtis has just been all over the place the past year because she's been promoting her Oscar nominated, that's right, show respect to Miss Curtis, her Oscar nominated role in Everything Everywhere all at once. And at the same time, the final Halloween movie came out. So she's just been doing so many interviews and months ago, she brought up the idea to do a Freaky Friday sequel. And she has been posting about it and talking about it ever since. And Lindsay has confirmed in multiple interviews, she is down to do it, she wants to do it. And Jamie Lee will not shut up about it. Like the more Jamie Lee talks about it, the more people ask her about it. They both have confirmed, they've texted about it, they've talked and emailed and everything about it together. So now it's just a matter of like actually getting Disney on board. Lindsay was just at Fashion Week looking freaking amazing. I saw your post about Freaky Friday and the, the finger crossing, which means to me, I think something was pitched, it went in for approval and you're waiting for a green light. Let me say this. Yeah. I think there's very good will toward it from all areas of Freaky Friday. And my hope is that we will all gather again to tell more of the story of Tess and Anna and um, that it will be another, you know, good piece of IP for Disney to expand. It's kind of, it's sort of 
I don't want to say it's a no-brainer, but it's yeah. sort of a no-brainer. Of course they're going to say, yes, let's do it. I mean, you have Lindsay, you have Jamie Lee. That's all you need for this movie. Like, they're in. They're ready for it. And I just, Jamie Lee even has, like, a whole concept for it and everything. Like, you guys, I will... I will literally never complain about anything for the rest of my life if another Freaky Friday comes out with Lindsay and Jamie Lee. Like it's, oh my God, I need, you know what? I need like a Xanax or something because I am, <laughs> I need to take a Xanax and listen to Lindsay's song Xanax. Uh, then she talks about Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, that end scene outfit when she does the big performance in like the satin hot pink bell bottoms and the matching top Lindsay said that she wanted to look like Britney which is obvious like you don't even need to hear her say that like uh, of course she <laughs> wanted to look like Britney because Britney was the woman of the moment and then she actually revealed something super interesting when she was talking about one of her looks from Mean Girls which is the party dress that strapless dress where she wears like you could see the bra uh it's like a black dress with that pink line down the side I always thought her hair looked kind of weird in that scene like it doesn't look the same as any other scene from that movie which I made sense also because it was a party so obviously you know you would do your hair but I thought oh it looks so different like why does it look so different there and she actually revealed in this interview that it's because she wanted her hair to look like Jennifer Aniston's in Friends like the iconic Rachel and then if you go back and look at the scene or look at the photo do that right now it really does look like the Rachel it does but Lindsay kind of you know clowns on herself because she's like but my hair was long so obviously like that didn't work because the Rachel is so iconic and it was a short haircut but I think she looked great in this scene and I can totally see the inspiration from Jennifer Aniston. She also talks about her first SNL appearance where she wore all Gucci in her monologue and then she talks about the Debbie Downer sketch and she said it's one of her all-time favorite things she's done in her entire career. Because you're smart and you have taste Lindsay. Like you know how iconic that was. Ugh. Truly is one of the best SNL sketches ever and at this point if you're doing SNL in the 2000s there's already been like 30 years of episodes that you're competing with and that truly is like across the board most people consider that to be one of the most I'm gonna say it again iconic sketches of all time it really is she then talks about her 2004 MTV movie awards looks she addresses the 2005 blonde boho chic style and she said quote my life was changing for fashion which you can totally see I mean I'm not even gonna get into it go back and listen to that episode we already talked about it but I just like the consistency of everything making sense like when she's addressing it in this interview this like was just such a satisfying moment <laughs> this whole entire video she said everyone told her not to dye her hair blonde which yes girl but you know what it might have been a mistake but it was an iconic mistake and if it's an iconic mistake it's allowed she talks about the 2006 Met Gala where she wore Marquesa the Vanity Fair Oscar party in 2006 with her black hair where she wore a vintage Versace gown she talks about the 2007 Miu Miu campaign that she did she talks about the 2007 Georgia Rule premiere where she said she coordinated her outfits with Jane Fonda and Felicity Huffman this is like I, can you imagine coordinating your outfit with Jane Fonda I would be peeing my pants every hour on the hour she also addressed uh the 2010 Chanel ready to wear show which was a photo that they showed with her and Carl Lagerfeld she said that she was so nervous around him that like she just thought of him as the most amazing person in the freaking world and she said that he was like a father to her 
and that he sent her mom like a joking slash doesn't sound like he's joking I don't know adoption letter <laughs> I mean she was already legal so it, it was a joke but still like it's just so funny and he also wrote that there were like rules that she had to follow if she wanted to be adopted by him which is like what but also really funny like she said that her mom probably has it somewhere she gets choked up talking about a 2019 St. Laurent show that she took her brother Dakota to who he is now a model and she starts uh getting emotional because she's talking about how they both got to go to the fitting the night before because you know if you're going to one of these big shows they want you to wear their designs obviously if you're a big celebrity and Lindsay says that it's so special that she gets to share these things with her family and you know having someone to share your success with is that's really the success you know like it's kind of like the no man is an island thing it's like who cares if you have all of this stuff if you don't have special people in your life and it's just so sweet every time she references her family which is like constantly and to see her get emotional like that just very very sweet and lovely so on September 1st Lindsay's second film out of her three picture deal with Netflix Irish Wish is announced and this is another rom-com set in Ireland which oh my gosh anything set in Ireland is uh, satisfying aesthetically to watch like it's just the most beautiful countryside and the rolling hills and the greenery I mean it's just amazing so I cannot wait to see this movie and the synopsis says Irish wish follows Maddie when the love of her life gets engaged to her best friend she puts her feelings aside to be a bridesmaid at their wedding in Ireland Ooh, girl drama I'm so excited days before the pair are set to marry Maddie makes a spontaneous wish for true love only to wake up as the bride to be <gasps> There's a magic involved, like in Freaky Friday. I'm so there. <laughs> With her dreams seeming to come true, Maddie soon realizes that her real soulmate is someone else entirely. Mm, ain't that always the way? Ugh, I can't wait. So yeah, Lindsay filmed this throughout the fall and it was just so exciting seeing the onset pictures, just seeing her shoot another romantic comedy that we're all going to be obsessed with. I mean... It's truly like we're blessed. The Lohanasance is in full swing at this point, okay? So then in October and November, Lindsay starts promoting Falling for Christmas, which is Lindsay on a full press tour again. And this was different because like she had done a full press tour for the Lohan Beach Club, but that was a different person. <laughs> Seriously, you guys, if you compare Lindsay's press tour for Lohan Beach Club in 2019 versus her press tour for Falling for Christmas in 2022, different person, different person. I'm telling you, just take a look yourself, okay? It's amazing. She did so many beautiful photo shoots. There was Cosmopolitan Magazine, Women's Wear Daily, Interview Magazine. We were just being blessed she was just delivering every single day it was so exciting especially being the host of this series so many people were sending me stuff every two minutes I didn't even mind that people were sending me the same stuff over and over again because like I was just so happy that people are like oh my gosh look it's Lindsay I mean I even posted on my story you know when Lindsay was recently at a fashion show my mom took a picture of it in the newspaper that she was reading and she was like look at Lindsay how great does she look it's like everyone is just celebrating her with me right now and I just absolutely love that so Lindsay did make a little music comeback on November 4th Jingle Bell Rock was released also to promote Falling for Christmas and Lindsay said that her recording this song actually started out as a joke because she was saying on set like oh it would be so fun if I did this song because you know I already did it in Mean Girls so it'd be kind of like a throwback you know and she just 
thought of it as a joke or something she said offhandedly. And then the producers called her <laughs> and they were like, hey, uh, we need to get you in the studio. We need to schedule when you're going to record Jingle Bell Rock. And she was like, oh, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll do that. I think that Lindsay wanted the focus to be more on her sister because her sister is a singer and a songwriter and she had done two songs for the movie. She's also in the movie, continuing the tradition of the other Lohans being in Lindsay's movies. Dina is always on the phone like, listen, you know what uh, I picture as Dina as the manager is Angelica's mom. What was her name? Angelica's mom from the Rugrats. You know, she was always on the phone and she was like, Jonathan, she always had that big cell phone. I That's what I think of Dina like making deals for Lindsay. I just picture her getting on the phone with a Netflix executive. Let's call him Jonathan, you know, and just being like, Jonathan, where's the role for Allie? You know, in 1998, Nancy Myers did have a role for my son, Michael. So I'm just wondering why you don't have anything written in there for Allie. Surely she can play one of the supporting players. I just don't know how Lindsay's going to feel about doing a movie without one of her siblings present. So if I were you, I would, oh, thank you. That's what I thought, Jonathan. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what I imagine her to be like. She's probably nicer than that. But of course, it's just fun for me to imagine these things. So on November 9th, the official Falling for Christmas movie premiere at the Paris Theater in New York City, which Netflix paid for to save it and now they premiere all their movies there thank you netflix because the paris theater is a beautiful theater in manhattan i have some of the most beautiful memories there it's right across from the plaza hotel and central park and it is just a magical magical place so i am very happy that it still exists and i am so thrilled that Lindsay got to have her first big movie premiere in years here and i actually got emotional too seeing her pose with her three siblings on the red carpet. There is a beautiful picture that I will post of the four of them. And there's just something about seeing them all look so healthy, happy, grown, and seeing them as a unit. You know, families like this, what often happens when it comes to the trauma that I've explained in so many other episodes that they've been through with their parents and how trauma is passed down, you have a lot of rifts. You have different members of the family in and out of jail or getting into fights or in and out of rehab, you know? And yeah, Lindsay had that phase and now she's out of it, thank God. But just to see them all looking so well and together as a family unit, you know, no estrangements. It just made me so happy because I feel like doing this series, I've really kind of gotten a handle on everything that they've been through. And Lindsay even said in a recent interview that her siblings went through so many things that they shouldn't have had to go through. And she feels partially responsible for that because she became famous so young. Which like, girl, that was, you know not really your decision at the time. It was more your parents' decision, so you shouldn't be blaming yourself anyway, but I digress. It, it was it was just a beautiful thing to see. Like, I got emotional when I saw that photo. And I'm just so happy for them. It's weird, right? Like, they don't even know who I am, but I'm just, like, crying when I see a picture of them. It's a um, parasocial relationship. But again, that'll all be in my therapy episode, so tune in for that. Then Falling for Christmas came out on Netflix. And if you want to know my thoughts on the movie, my one of my best friends, Jess, and I had an entire Christmas party to celebrate this movie coming out. Oh, yes. I drove six hours to Buffalo to have a Christmas party in November with Jess because we love Christmas. We love Lindsay Lohan. And we had to have a Lohanaissance party to celebrate this huge moment because you know what? <laughs> Life is short, and if you're not going to have an all-out blowout when Lindsay Lohan comes back, are you even living? So that's what we did. We love the movie, obviously, and we talk about it 
in a lot of detail in that episode. So go back. I think I released it on like Christmas Eve or maybe the day before. So go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. Now let's get into the response that people were having to Falling for Christmas. It has a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes and the critics consensus says it's no miracle on 34th Street, but viewers in the mood for some fa-la-la-la Lohan will find Falling for Christmas as easy as falling on the couch. So true. Now look. Was this movie going to get nominated for Oscars? No. Was this movie going to change the film industry as we know it? Also, no. (laughs) Did this movie steal its plot from another film, one of my favorite films, Overboard? Yes, it did. (laughs) Is this movie ridiculous? Absolutely. Is it a masterpiece? Yeah, actually it is. Despite all of those things, it's a masterpiece. And we all learned that on November 10th when it premiered and we all cozied up with friends and family and turned this on. And you know what? It was just comforting to see Lindsay in a movie like this. It was just like, I think even if I wasn't obsessed with her as I clearly am, if you've listened to the series, you know, even if I didn't really care that much about Lindsay, I feel like I would just be like, wow, this is so nice to see her in this wholesome movie that kind of throws it back to her earlier films. And honestly, this script is nowhere near as good as her earlier films. You can't compare it to Parent Trap or Freaky Friday or Mean Girls or Confessions. Like, those all have superior scripts. This is a very silly, lightweight light-hearted Christmas Hallmark-style movie. And you know what? I think it was a great way for her to come back. As I've said many times, my preference of a comeback movie for Lindsay would have been a supporting role like she did in Bobby or Prairie Home Companion where she's one of an ensemble and that ensemble includes... Oscar winners and very respected people in the industry. That would have been my choice. But I think that this is a great strategy too because it's something where all people really want out of this movie is a fun, heartwarming experience for the holidays. And that's what she delivered on and then some. Noel Murray of the Los Angeles Times said, The overall mood is warm and cheery, and Lohan brings a spontaneous sincerity to even the corniest scenes. The movie's wrapping is shiny and plastic, but its star quality is genuine. Absolutely, and I talked about this with some of Lindsay's other movies that are maybe, you know, not going to win Oscars (laughs) or anything like that, right? Lindsay still brings a groundedness to the scenes that she is in. And in this movie, I think she's in every single scene. I mean, she really is the star of the movie. She brings something extra to it. And she said that she really loved the script for this movie because she said that in life, there's a lot of moments where you just want more, 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 and you want to go, 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 and achieve success and reach higher heights. But what really matters is love and family and the true things that are the most important in life. And yes, that is a cheesy cliche thing, but when it's Christmas, you know, that's what you want to see. That's what you want to drink hot cocoa while you watch, you know? You're not necessarily looking for a groundbreaking film. You just want something that's going to remind you of those ooey gooey, lovely, cutesy family moments. I also think this movie's aesthetics kind of set it a little bit higher. Like, I think it's well shot. I think it's much more well shot than a lot of the Hallmark Christmas movies, which I think 
can often rely on like, oh, look, it's just Christmas. So that's what you're looking at. But this movie actually does a really good job of making you feel so immersed in the Christmas cabin and all of that. And we talk about more of the details in the episode that we did. So I'm not going to get too much into what I think of the movie here. But again, it's not the Shawshank Redemption, but it's... <laughs> I know that's shocking for those of you who haven't seen it. You're like, wait, I thought <laughs> I thought Lindsay dug a hole to get out of prison. But no, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's not a groundbreaking film, but it's exactly what you expect and exactly what you want. And in some cases, what can be better than that? I'm not going to get into any more reviews of Falling for Christmas because let's be honest, this is episode 17 and this series has been going on for a year. So I know we're all exhausted. And also all the reviews basically say what I already said, which is like, this is not going to change the world, but you're still going to love it. And that is how I feel about the movie as well. And all I know is that every single person who watched it, who I follow on Instagram or Twitter or TikTok, loved it. There was literally nobody that I saw that was like, fuck that movie. Because why would you do that? You would have to be literally the grumpiest old man to say that. Everyone is so happy about the Lohanasans. And I feel like all of us who grew up with Lindsay just feel like this moment was so earned. She went through so much and here she is victorious again. Netflix even bought billboards that say the Lindsay Lohanazance is upon us <laughs> on a marquee, which is great because it doesn't even say like falling for Christmas or anything. It just says the Lindsay Lohanazance is upon us, which I think is amazing marketing. Thank you, Netflix, for understanding me. So here we are. We are at the end of my series on Lindsay. I don't know what to say. I feel like crying. I am so grateful to all of you for listening. And I have a feeling this won't be the end of my Lindsay series. Maybe I should do another update every few months. Maybe I should do an update for Irish Wish. I mean, I'm definitely still going to be talking about Lindsay a lot. There's still going to be bonus episodes. There's going to be Patreon exclusive episodes on Lindsay. So make sure you check out my Patreon because I will be doing a lot of bonus episodes on there. And what I'm going to leave you with is this interview that Lindsay did with her Mean Girls co-star Amanda Seyfried in Interview Magazine, which is one of my favorite magazines because I love the fact that they always have one celebrity interview another one. Lindsay has done it several times in the past and I've covered a few of those times. Amanda says that Lindsay seems really chill and it's so wonderful to see her like this. And she asks, what are you going to do next? Lindsay replies, I'm debating whether to start another movie at the beginning of the year. I want to produce too and direct something that I'm not necessarily in. I feel like because I've experienced being on set so much and know so much about how everything works, I want to try it from behind the camera. Amanda asks if she's going to shadow people before she takes on directing herself and Lindsay says that she feels like she already does that. You know, she steps in and says, maybe we should shoot it like this. Lindsay continues, then sometimes I'm like, I probably shouldn't say that. It's not really my place. I don't know if it's like this for you, but when I read the script, I already envision the scenes. I have an expectation of what it should be. Then Lindsay and Amanda get on the subject of children. Amanda is a mother and she admits that she's obsessed with people having kids and she says she knows it's not her business but you know she wants to know. Lindsay said it's definitely something that she wants. She wants to have kids and Amanda gave her some great advice. She said don't worry about timing. Your talent isn't going away. I know everybody's careers go up and down, but we cannot stop those ebbs and flows. But your head's in the place where you're like, I want to work and I want to have kids, so just do it. The best part is you found a partner that you wanted to marry. You seem like you're in a nice space. You look so chill. Lindsay says, yeah, I'm ready. 
And I'm so excited for her. What could be better than moving forward both in your personal and professional life? Having kids, directing a movie, and moving into different creative spaces. Because Lindsay's right. She's been doing it so long. She's observed these people since she was a kid. Of course she can direct. And she actually is an executive producer on Falling for Christmas. And that was the first time that she executive produced a movie. And she expressed in many interviews how much she loved that position. And I also think as a mother, with how much she's been through and how close she is with her mother and her siblings and how she's seen kind of the best and worst of parenting, I also think that she'll be a great mother. And I am so delighted in her comfort to talk about these things, to talk about her dreams of having children and expanding her career into directing. Lindsay, I don't think you're listening to this, but girl, maybe you can spiritually feel these vibes right now that I'm trying to send. I love you. Thank you so much for 25 plus years of entertainment. You've truly been an important part of my life and of so many lives. And I thank you for sharing your talents and your life with us. You've inspired me tenfold over the years and you continue to. And I am rooting for you, girl. I am in your corner. I cannot wait to see you have a family expand your career and do whatever the hell you want because you deserve it and that is going to conclude my Lindsay Lohan series I can't believe it (laughs) I can't believe it's over thank you all so much for listening for those of you who've listened to all 17 episodes please dm me we clearly need to be friends because if you can listen to me talk for like 30 hours you are truly truly i mean we must have the same blood type i mean you you know you must really appreciate my kind of style of doing things and i am just so grateful to you guys this has been such a journey i have receive so many new listeners and followers because of this. I'm so thankful to you guys. I'm so thankful to Lindsay. I'm, I think I'm going to go start at the beginning again. I think now that I've watched every single project Lindsay's ever done, I think I'm going to go watch Parent Trap. Just, you know, circle right back and uh, just feel those cozy vibes of the Parent Trap. Thank you guys so much. Oh my God, I'm like going to cry. I will be back next week. Did you guys know that my next series is going to be on JC Chazé from NSYNC? Ooh, I have so much to say about him. Trust me, so much to say. It is going to be a great series. It's not going to be anywhere near as long as Lindsay's. And that's one of the reasons why I picked him because I cannot jump into another like 10 plus part series right now. So I think it's going to be like two parts. We'll see maybe three, but probably two. I'm trying to keep it to two. So again, thank you guys so much for your support. Don't forget to check me out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ashley and JessicaCast. I love you all and I'll talk to you next week. Bye everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capriya Moon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessica cast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessica cast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessica cast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.